Hey girl, welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm a saucy 29-year-old who left the corporate world to go on to build a seven-figure online business. But most days, I still feel like I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm obsessed with the process of us getting to figure it out together. We've got epic guests, incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Hey girl, I'm so excited that you're here today because on the show, we have a powerhouse woman named Heather Monahan. If you don't know Heather, she is the author of The Confidence Creator, a book that I love. She's a keynote speaker with the Harry Walker Agency, and she's the founder of Boss and Heels. And what's really cool about Heather's story is she actually worked for over 20 years in corporate America, and she was one of the few women to secure an executive level position in a lot of the companies that she worked for. She's a glass ceiling award winner named one of the most influential women in radio in 2017 and Thrive Global named her a limit breaking female founder in 2018. In this episode, she deep dives with us into how to actually build confidence as a female, as an entrepreneur, as someone just working in the corporate world, trying to make your mark and show up to the world in your most authentic way. I love this interview because it's tangible, really incredible advice that we can actually implement right now, today to move our lives forward and build lives that we're really freaking obsessed with. So without further ado, let's turn the time over to her. Heather, I'm so excited that you're here today. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, girl, you know, I am really stoked to talk to you about all the things around confidence. And I know like people that listen to this show are women that are trying to figure it out in their 20s or 30s that feel stuck or even women that are in a predominantly male environment trying to just make their mark. So I feel like you can really talk to all of these audiences and I'm so excited for that. But first, can you give us like a little bit of rundown for people that don't know your backstory? Sure. So I grew up poor. My mom was a single mother raising four kids and I had a tough childhood. So I really focused on money and making money that was from the time I was nine. You know, I had a paper route and then waited tables, worked at fast food restaurants, just hustled whatever I could do to make money because I was afraid of ever struggling like my mother had. And I wanted to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. So I figured out when I was bartending that salespeople drove nice cars. So they were making a lot of money. So I should get into sales. And just let me stop there for a second. I was so wrong. And looking back, you know, and I want to share this with people now, had I followed my heart, my passion and my intuition which was I used to love being on stages when I was a little kid and I love doing different things, but I, I just kind of pushed that all away and said, no, 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 go for the money. And this is why you'll hear what ends up happening. But anyway, yeah. so I pursued the paycheck. I got into sales. I got into the gala winery first and I was one of three women out of a hundred men. Wow. And I ended up getting sexually harassed at work. I left that job. I got into the radio business. I did really well there. And then my boyfriend cheated on me and I went into a downward spiral and my boss gave me the opportunity to move, which was amazing because I wanted to escape my ex um, nightmare boyfriend. (laughs) And so I moved into the middle of the country and took an equity partnership opportunity. And I turned a $27 million property into a $55 million property in under three years. And that was a real catalyst for my creating a name for myself in business. And so I left that opportunity and went to work for a publicly traded radio company. And I found myself bored within a year. I went to the president. I pitched him for a job that didn't exist, VP of sales. And he said, oh, I just don't know. They were really risk adverse. They didn't like change. So I started secretly interviewing with different companies because if they weren't going to give me the opportunity to advance, I I didn't have a child back then. Mm -hmm. So I could just move and go work somewhere else. So I reached out to a bunch of people. I found an opportunity. I was in negotiations to take this other job. And I thought, why don't I just reach back and tell them, you know, what's going on? 
I went face to face with him, which is what you want to do anytime you want to get something done. Yep. And I sat down and explained, hey, I'm going to be leaving. I've got a great opportunity in a major market, much bigger job, more money. And I just want to thank you for having me here for the past year. And it's too bad things didn't work out with creating that VP position. And he said, hang on, walked outside, called his father, came back in and said, we just created the VP position and you've got it. So do you want to stay? Yeah, so that happened. And then I pitched myself for executive vice president and then pitched myself for chief revenue officer. And I was there for 14 years, promoted three times, ended up doubling the company's revenue in that window of time, 14 years, and was named one of the most influential women in radio in 2017. And one month later, the daughter of the CEO got promoted and she fired me and told me that my position was no longer needed and neither was I. So that was a real pivotal moment for me. And that's when I decided to go to work for myself. And that was August of 2017. It's okay. First of all, thank you for the rundown. And for anyone that hasn't read your book, obviously we're going to talk about it, but in the confidence creator, why I love the book so much is it does tell, you know, obviously your whole story, but I love how you talk about it with the lens of there's tangible advice in every aspect and stage of your story, but you don't talk as if it's like, look at me, but so much more of a come with me type um, dialogue. And I love that because every single thing, like, I mean, when you talked about your boyfriend that cheated on you, I was like, oh, I want to kill him. Like, I was like with, I was like with you in it. So, (laughs) so I appreciate the tone of your book and the trajectory of your career path is so interesting. So let's like peel that back because obviously the entire premise of the book and a lot of the work that you do now is helping women develop confidence. So let's just talk about that from like a basic level. Like how do women develop confidence? So I have a number of different strategies that I share in the book and, and really everybody is a little bit different, right? So certain things are going to be easy for you and you're going to say, Oh, I already promote myself. That's not hard to do. However, you might not realize that you have a villain in your life, someone that's really negative around you. Maybe it's a friend, someone that gives you those, you know, disappointing or or not, you know, not supportive looks. And whenever you leave that person, you're kind of feeling badly about yourself. You know, firing the villains from your life is a key way to allow yourself to take off. That is a huge way. And, you know, it's really important to listen to your voice and think after you leave people, whether it be at work or in your social life, how do I feel right now? You know what? I just went into this lunch and I was feeling okay before I got there. I don't feel so great right now. Why is that? You know, start checking in with you and figuring out who are those people that you want to spend your time with? Because I never thought about those things before. And slowly over time, I was working with someone who did not want me to shine my light, who wanted to hold me back, who would make rude comments and and say things behind my back. And I would hear about it. And I would say, oh, Heather, turn a blind eye, just keep going. Well, what I didn't realize was over time, that was chipping away at my confidence. And the minute I was separated from that person, really positive, great people started showing up. And the way I see it now is when you have that negativity around you, even lower sneaky levels, it's blocking those great people from coming into your life. And to really go to that next level, you need those people that are ahead of you and really living the dream and have figured it out. And those people aren't going to be drawn to you when you're surrounded with negativity. So that's a, that's a huge tip for everybody. Aspire those villains and allow yourself to take off. It's, it's so huge. And I, I think it's so cool how, you take that ownership, right? And I think we can all do that. And a lot of times we blame it on external factors. Oh, it's the job. It's the boss. It's the husband. It's the blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, those are the choices that you're making. So if someone doesn't feel like they're in a position where they have the confidence to even have the conversation, how would you recommend they even start that? Like if I was a client of yours and I was like, Heather, I love your confidence. And I know that person, maybe it's someone really close to them as in like a family member or it's someone that is a friend that they've been friends with for years and years and they don't even know how to start that conversation. What kind of advice would you give to that person? Okay. Two things that I want to share because I do have experience specifically with family members and I share that in my book Mm -hmm. is 
Number one, the easiest conversation that you can have with anyone in any given day that you spend the most time with this person is with yourself, right? So start there. And that's the first thing that I would do, you know, is write down on a piece of paper. um, I love myself. I am enough. I trust in myself. I listen to myself and act on it. I am worth more than what I'm getting. I am changing it. You know, whatever your truth that you want to be real, write them down on a piece of paper. And I was in the media business for, I don't know, gosh, 20 years. One of the things that I learned is advertising works because it's delivered through frequency. Mm-hmm. What that means is McDonald's doesn't run one ad a day and hopes that you remember that ad. McDonald's runs seven, eight, ten ads a day, hoping you've heard it a couple times and subliminally it's resonating with you. So the next time you are hungry, you think, oh, what about that McDonald's? Maybe I should stop by there. So use that knowledge and strategy for your own good. You own your mind. That's your platform. platform. You curate that. Run your ads for yourself in your own mind. Seven times a day, leave yourself those reminders. Have them in your phone. Read them to yourself. Do it in the mirror. Curate your platform, run that ad, and guess what's going to happen? Subliminally, you're going to start believing it. Then you're going to start acting as if it's true. And guess what? That's when it actually becomes true. So you are completely in charge of that. Now, you know, that's the easiest thing to take that first step towards really building some baseline confidence for yourself. The other thing is create a vision of what you're going to look like when you have that conversation. You say... I'm not ready to do it yet. I'm scared, blah, blah, what, you know, whatever your issues are. So the first thing you're doing is you're running that ad in your mind with frequency. You're getting clear on it. You're doing it every day and really getting real with yourself. You're starting to feel what that feels like saying, I am enough and feeling that you are enough. So it's starting to come to fruition at that time, create a vision of you in your mind speaking to that person. Let's just say it's your mother. Mm-hmm. So you can see yourself in your mind speaking to your mother and you can see that conversation going really well. You can see yourself standing there really confident. You can feel what that feels like and you can feel that relief that you've finally had this conversation, right? The next thing I would do is I would elicit an accountability partner because mm-hmm. this is a game changing. If you're really struggling to do it, you know, Tap someone that loves you, that is so supportive of you in your life. And if you don't have that person, I've got an accountability partner tap on my website. I'm there to help you. But you need to put it out to the universe that you're going to do this. You're committed to it. You can envision it and see it happening. However, there's some, you haven't pulled the trigger yet and you're looking for a little bit of support because that's the person that's going to sit with you. I've got a great friend. This girl is like cheerleader, ride or die. And anytime I have a tough moment, I have her on speed dial and I call her and say, oh my gosh, I'm, I, this is a real story. I'm launching a video course next week. I've never done it. So I'm a, I'm a rookie. I'm scared. All those self-doubt and fears come back. Every time you try to go to the next level, it comes right back. Yep. And I call her and I say, hey, I'm freaking out right now. And she said, why? And I told her and she said, okay, let's start at the beginning. Um, were you scared when you first got into business? Yes. How did it go? It went really well. Okay, good. <laughs> Were you scared when you pitched yourself for promotion? Yes. How did it go? Went really well. Okay. Yeah. Let's look at some other successful moments. Were you scared when you wrote the book? Petrified. Scariest thing I ever did. Okay. How'd that work out? Went yeah. really well. Okay. So these are all, and she starts telling me, these are indicators, Heather, this is going to go well too. And sometimes it's helpful to have that person that can see you outside of yourself because it just reminds you that these are indicators that this is going to go well too. And it doesn't have to be that you've done well in business yet. If you're younger than me, maybe it's that you played on a sports team and you were scared to try out and you didn't die. You know what? You made it through the season (laughs) and that was a victory. Like it can be whatever's meaningful to you, but use those little seeds as knowledge that this is going to pan out well too. And really solidify, clarify that vision. And then you've got to give yourself an end date because If you don't have a date attached that I'm getting this done by blah, blah, blah date. That's what I had to do with the video course is okay. It's happening by next Thursday. And now I reverse engineer my accountability to force myself to get it done. And I even use social media as another accountability partner. I put out there last week, Hey, I'm launching my new video course and and you're going to be seeing it in one week. Well, it's not done people. That just made me more accountable to me by letting the world know what I'm up to. 
That's literally how I started this podcast. I just put out there that I was like, I'm going to start a podcast and everyone started commenting. And I was like, I guess I need to figure out what type of equipment I need. Because That's so good. Yeah. And you put it out into the universe and different things will start showing up. And like you got that feedback, it encouraged you to keep going. Right. And I think one thing that's cool that you talk about in the book is when you asked for people's feedback um, based off of their experience with you and your career that kind of helped you even build more confidence. So there's a piece of advice that you gave of like reaching out to, can you explain that? Like reaching out to people that kind of can reflect that back on you. If you don't know who those accountability people are for you yet. Yes. So what I did was it's really important in business and ultimately in life too, to know what's unique about you, right? Because everybody has superpowers and we don't necessarily see them because we're in this body every day. So we think it's normal. So mm-hmm. an example I share is that I knew this woman, she was an editor in the company I used to work for. She thought, oh, I don't have any superpowers. This woman could turn the most awful email into a beautiful piece of art in under 30 minutes. Wow. And when I explained that to her, she thought everyone could do that. She didn't know it was unique to her. So yeah. what I share in my book and, and I, I talk about when I speak is that discovering your unique value proposition, which is ultimately your superpower is critical in really figuring out about your own strengths, your own value. Cause the more time you spend in that superpower, the more confident you're going to feel because it, it comes natural to you. Mm-hmm. So what I did when I was trying to determine mine was I sent an email to 10 different people, some work colleagues, some personal friends, some family, just a variety of people. And it said something like this. I'm struggling to figure out what's unique or different or special about me. Can you share with me what you see as my unique value proposition that I'm bringing to the world? What's special about Heather? I so appreciate your help as I'm going through this process and trying to figure out my UVP. Thank you. And I got back the most amazing 10 emails, which in and of itself, that exercise is a confidence building exercise. Oh, yeah. Because it allows you to really appreciate what's special about you and see you through the lens of others, which is so helpful. And so, you know, I, I kept those emails and they really, there was a lot of themes across the different emails. And you'll see that, that they might not be exactly the same, but it's honing you into wow, this is what's different and unique about me. And if I start spending time there, and and again, let's make it up. But if you're an accountant and you don't like spreadsheets and numbers, you're not going to feel confident during the day. And if if we spend the majority of our time, if we spend the majority of our time at work, then guess what? That's, you know, that's a problem. We've got to find out ways to step into our power, step out of these situations that aren't supporting us and really own our, our superpower. I love that. Okay, so back to the conversation. I think your mom is such a good example because there is... there is <laughs> she, um, she doesn't think so, by the way. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, she's going there in the book talking about the divorce. Okay, so for the woman that's listening to this, that here's the situation. She either wants to make a career transition. Maybe she is going through a divorce or maybe she's dating someone that someone doesn't approve of, or she's starting a business and doesn't have the support from people that she might've expected. Um, how do we help her still continue moving forward with that decision, whether it's personal or business? To move forward and, and, and speak her truth or what, what, what are you saying that you, she wants if, to do? If she feels like she's like getting held back because, because someone close to her, like her mom or her significant other, is not approving of her decision, even though internally she knows that it's right for her. But she feels like that's her sticky point and she's like struggling to kind of push through that. Well, I mean, the great news is you know what's your hold back, right? And any time that we confront fear, first of all, fear is a liar. It's not real. You right. only created this for yourself in your mind. And that is fact. And I have so much experience about this. So trust me on this one. I swear to you, it's true. Yeah. We cannot determine for other people how they will respond. Meaning we can't sit here right now and talk about, oh, yeah, I'm sure your mom's going to be disappointed to hear this and she's going to be angry. That's not your choice and that's not fair, frankly, right? So we have to give people the opportunity of clear, honest communication because when we do that, we're empowering them 
to make decisions for themselves. And we should give them that respect and opportunity. We're really not being fair with them if we don't. We can't determine for them what they're going to think. Yep. So that's a different way to look at it. And then I would try role-playing. Role-playing for me works really well when I'm nervous, whether it be, you know, to give a speech or have a conversation or whatever. But the more you practice things, the act of practicing means that, you know, you're going to get better. You're going to feel more confident. So practice that conversation in the mirror of how it could go. Practice it with a good friend. Write it down and and write different potential objections or challenges you might run into and how you could potentially handle them. And, you know, this is a a funny example is I'm going to speak at an event next week. And for some reason, I hadn't heard from the woman in a while. And I thought to myself, I don't even know if she booked my travel yet. I don't know what's going on. I've been busy working on something else. I shot her a note and I said, hey, haven't heard back from you in a few weeks. Is my flight and um, hotel booked? And she said, oh, Heather, sorry, you know, been really busy. I got the hotel book, but not the flight. So I jump online quick to see if any flights are available. And I only find one seat left on the outbound and return that were the only direct flights, which meant those were the ones I needed to take. So I messaged her back, hey, there's only one seat left on these. Um, Would you like me to go ahead and purchase it just for, you know, to expedite the process and you can reimburse me? Or are you buying that ticket right now? And she messaged me back, hey, Heather, no, I don't want to buy that ticket because that means you're going to have to leave the event 30 minutes early. And I really want you to take a later flight. So anyways, the, the long story short is she was trying to outweigh me basically to force me to take a late night flight, which but that's not fair. That's not, you know, that's wrong. That's the wrong thing to do. So in situations like that, I used to get very nervous when I was younger and I would panic and think, how am I going to talk to her? She's going to get mad at me. Yeah. She's going to bully me. But instead, what I've learned is I can be really clear about things and not fight. I can be calm and clear. And that's really where I find my strength. So I responded to her, hey, actually, a six-hour flight won't work for me. That would get me in at one in the morning, which is not going to work. However, I believe you and I can make that four o'clock flight work. And here's how. Maybe I could be, you know, not the last speaker, but the second to last speaker. And I'm happy to support you, you know, with other social media posts when I leave and on my way out. But I'm sure we can find a solution with the four o'clock. I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger and buy the flight so that we've got the ticket and make sure I'm there. Can't wait to see you. I'll send you the receipt in the mail and you can send me the check back. So, you know, it didn't have to be a big fight, but it was because I changed my mindset. I changed my approach and I didn't make it a big fight. I gave her the opportunity to know what I felt was fair. And I found a solution that could work for both of us. I, I love that example. And I appreciate your honesty with like just a real time example, because I think it's so often, maybe it's, I don't want to say it's necessarily age, but maybe just stage of life or lack of experience when we don't feel as confident to to communicate our own boundaries because then we get ourselves frustrated by someone overstepping the boundaries that they don't even know because we didn't communicate them. Right. Um, exactly. So I think that's, that's a really great example. So, okay. In the career um, world for the woman that is trying to be essentially like taken more seriously, how I know you have a lot of advice around this and this is kind of like your wheelhouse too, talking to that, you know, corporate hustler. How do you, stand your ground? Like how does someone kind of channel their own voice and really just like stand their ground in a, in a predominantly male environment or an environment where they're not wanting to, I guess the fear, which I know that you think is BS and I do too, is the, I don't want to be perceived as bitchy or I don't want to be perceived as like too aggressive, right? Why do we do that? And how do women get out of that? Right. Because that stuff pisses me off the whole I'm sorry when you bump into someone, they actually bumped into you. That stuff. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This is such a funny topic to me. Okay, so I'm going to give you another story because I think that this is it was eye opening for me. Yeah, I had I had an NBA player reach out to me a few months ago. He had read my book and sent me a DM on LinkedIn and not like your DM, by the way, (laughs) which was the funniest DM I ever got in my life of you and your videos going crazy, which I loved. I thought they were amazing. I'm so awkward. Anyway. (laughs) No, you know what that's all about? This is total sidebar, but about being who you really are. When you step into your authentic self, people will respond to you. 
versus if you had sent like a formal letter or whatever, right. I might not have even seen it, you know? Yeah. So that's, I don't know. It's, a, it's really you. important to, to shine your light and be who you are because that's how you're going to reach people. Okay. Thank so you. he sent me a DM that basically said, Hey, loved your book. However, confidence is the game changer in the NBA. And I would love, love to meet with you and talk to you a little bit about that. And I thought I was, first of all, I was panicked because I thought this guy makes 15 million a year. How am I going to help him with confidence? Yeah. You know, I went right back to my self doubt right. that I, you know, that's my old way of thinking. And I had to coach myself up to get myself to go to that meeting, to get myself to believe that, yes, I can help somebody else. But you know what? I still, I wasn't there mentally, but I said, I can at least show up. And usually if I show up, something good could happen. Yep. And when I, I got to the meeting, the young man was clutching my book. And in that moment, I saw, you know, what a six foot six multimillionaire man holding my book for dear life. And I saw my son in my eyes. So the act of just showing up is everything because had I not done that, I wouldn't have seen that he reminded me of my child. And as soon as I saw my son, I felt comfortable and I was able to connect with him and and help him and talk to him. We talked for hours. But the reason I I want to share that story is because he shared with me, he was talking a lot about his personal life and the villain in his life had been a girlfriend that treated him with disrespect, took advantage, just she was an absolute bully. He did not see it that way. He said to me, you're, you're looking at me weird, Heather. Is it because, oh, I see, you're noticing I'm just too nice, right? And I started laughing. I said, you're too nice? That's how you see it? Okay, let me explain something. There's no such thing as too nice. Yeah. You're being taken advantage of, my friend. Yeah. So it's about reframing. Too nice doesn't exist. There's, there's no person in the world that's just too nice. You're either full of self-doubt, you're insecure, and you're letting people step on you and you're pretending that means you're too nice. No, that's, that's not the case. You need to work on your confidence, build your confidence muscle and start claiming back your ground yes. and respect yourself and everyone else will respect you. That is the same. I want to share that with women because men, even an NBA player yeah. has those same struggles that women in the workplace will say, well, I can't go in there and, and stand up for myself today because everyone's going to think I'm a bitch and I can't do that. No, that is the same issue the NBA players having. You saying you don't want to go in there and be bitchy because you don't want to stand up for yourself and share your voice and claim your thoughts means you're lacking confidence right now. Yeah. So we need to reframe that conversation in your mind and instead say, I don't need to start a fight. I can remain calm. I can get composure. I can practice what I'm going to say. It doesn't need to be an argument and I can shine my light. So here's, I was being bullied in the workplace by this woman that inevitably fired me. She used to ignore me in the workplace. That was her passive aggressive way to chip away at my confidence. And it worked. Yeah. I would come home at night. I was crying. I was upset. I was, I felt like I didn't exist. And I thought I I have to stand up for myself if I want to start claiming my confidence back. How can I do it without getting in trouble? Yeah. Because if I, if I yell, I could get fired. If I, and I didn't want to lose my paycheck. And I felt stuck in that, how can I get out of this? So I thought, okay, how can I do it in a way that's friendly and positive, but allows people to know I'm present and I'm worth being seen because yes. we are all worth being seen. So I would practice at home and I would practice what I was going to say. And then like anytime... I know that the way I stand affects my confidence. So I would claim my superhero pose <laughs> on how I was going to stand that day. And I would throw my shoulders back. The color that I wear affects how I see myself. Red is yes. my power color. So if I'm nervous, I throw on my red dress or my red sweater. So I put my red on that day. If I take extra time in getting ready, I'm reminding myself that I'm worth it. I'm also going to go in there with a little pep in my step And that's what I need to do to be my most confident. I run a playlist on my way to the meeting that Mm -hmm. fires me up. And I do it every time I feel nervous so that immediately when I start hearing that theme song, that playlist, that soundtrack, I know this is going to go really well because I can see in my mind it's going to go well. So I have this whole process that I run through. And if I'm still nervous, I smell lavender right before I go into the situation. And I oftentimes leave notes on the bottom of my heels too. Like you got this, you are worth it. You can do it. And I go in with that objective. I see it happening in my mind. I'm all smiles. I walk in, 
I sit down at the table. She went around and said hello to everyone. She ignored me, passed by me, and sat at the head of the table. And I stood up. I claimed my power pose, and I, and I waved. Hi! You missed me. I'm over here. Good morning. It's so good to see you. I'm excited to get the meeting started. And I sat right back down. And it really allowed me to build my confidence muscle back up. Of course, she wasn't happy with it, but she couldn't fight back at that. It was something positive, friendly, and frankly, respectful for myself to do that. And it shifted the dynamic in the room. Now, inevitably, this woman ends up firing me. So I do put that caveat out there. (laughs) But what's important is that was for the best anyway. So, you know, when you're somewhere, you're not being treated well, you're not in the right place. So you need to first, you know, communicate that that's not going to work any longer, whatever that conversation or how you're being treated is. See how that shakes out. And if things aren't changing, they're not getting better, then you know what? You're not meant to be there. And we've got to start taking steps and action to get you out of that situation, to get you somewhere where people support you, treat you well, and elevate you because that's how you're really going to take off. Oh, just takes the box of mics and just drops them. That's so good and such good, tangible advice that we can all pull from. So thank you so much for that. Um, Okay, so one other thing that you talked about that I kind of wanted to pick your brain on is this whole concept of essentially like imposter syndrome at every single level, right? That it kind of never goes away. And you even acknowledge that with yourself. And one example that you used in the book that I was just thinking of is when you were interviewed by, I might get this kind of wrong, but where you were interviewed by two women and your perception was like, oh, they have it all together. They're younger than me. I'm going to go into the bathroom and put on makeup and like, which is so (laughs) funny because you're so confident. Um, But that they then asked you for advice, right? So we create these stories Wait, I'm dying because I forgot about that chapter. So I'm so happy you just reminded me. Oh yeah, me no, I, I'm telling you, like when I DM'd you on Instagram, I was like, I love your book. And I was dead serious. Um, but the point is we create that story, right? Which kind of leaves us at that stage where every single level we're having this imposter syndrome. And I've noticed that with myself as I've like, you know, grown in my business or grown with, you know, speaking on different stages where I'm like, oh, whoa, I'm nervous again. I thought I got over this. So I love it because that shows that you're growing and you're pushing yourself and evolving. But how do you manage that? And do you have any like tips or tricks around someone who's like, wait, but I thought that I was confident and now I'm in another situation where I feel it again. Oh my gosh. So I'm, I was telling you, I'm, I'm in the process of finishing my second book and this is what it's all about, right? If you're not feeling like that, you're not growing. I spent a decade in corporate America, not growing. And it was never so obvious to me until I went to work for myself the past year, that first scary year of being an entrepreneur. By the way, I'm still scared as I shared with you because I'm growing so much. I would, now that I have this knowledge and hindsight, please, again, I swear to you, this is real. If you're not scared and pushing yourself to that next level, One day when you figure out that you could have been doing it, you're going to be like, shoot, I let all those years go by. I'd be president of the United States right now and everyone would have needed me. Darn it. (laughs) What could I have done? Yeah. So, so that's kind of my, when I, I like to look back and reflect on those things. Wow. I remember times saying, I just feel static. Like I'm not, I don't know. Life is kind of flat. If you're feeling like that and just kind of feeling stuck and, you know, bored. Oh boy, that is a wake up call. That is a, someone's waving a flag to you that it's time to make some major change. So that's a, that's the first thing. So when you are feeling scared, that's a green light, which means go and go faster. You're doing it. Yeah. But yeah, I've had so many of these holdbacks in the past year and they don't go away. You just learn to manage them better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I would liken it to, you know, when you feel a cold coming on, you learn certain things to do. Don't go out and party tonight. Oh no, I learned that if I do that, <laughs> I'll get sicker. Right. Okay. So I learned go to bed earlier, drink hot tea, you know, take some vitamins. And if I have to, I call the doctor. You know, you learn over time how to manage yourself. This is no different. It's the same exact thing. Doesn't mean the cold's not going to come again. I'm 44 and I still get colds, right? Right. But I just know how to handle it so much better than when I was two or 10 or 15, you know, because I did make those bad decisions in college and think that I would be, you know, oh, it doesn't matter, but you figure it out. So- Here's how I figured it out with confidence in the imposter syndrome is I used to believe in lanes. So for example, 
I was in the media sales and leadership lane. And that's all I was. I was not different than that. I I could not do anything different than that. I used to believe my sister who had a perfect score in her SATs. She had a doctorate. She's a lawyer. She was in the advanced lane. And this is, I I allowed these lanes to be created. I accepted them. I was more the social media sales person and I was in a very different lane. So what I was doing was putting someone on a pedestal and putting myself down, right? I decided in the past year, pedestals don't exist. And I've learned it by very direct conversations. By going to the next level, you start exposing yourself, you know, to people who are billionaires or celebrities. And you learn we're all struggling with the same stuff. No one has this thing on lock, you know? So I've learned that there really aren't any pedestals. I created those in my mind. The other thing I created was the lanes. And I was forced to figure this out when I decided to, I got fired and I said, I'm going to go out on my own and chance this. Within six months of me leaving my old career and becoming an author, when you Google me, I show up as an author. My whole 20 year career in sales leadership, executive leadership disappeared. And when that happened, when I Googled my name and saw, oh my gosh, there were never any lanes to begin with. I wasn't a sales expert, leadership, blah, blah. I was Heather. And Heather can show up and pick up a pen and become an author. Heather can show up and jump on a computer and create a video course. Heather can show up and be a speaker. Heather can show up. It doesn't, and Heather can also be a sales leader. It doesn't matter. It's wherever I, I take me to go do something. There aren't lanes. And really accepting that for me, you know, blow up the lanes in your life. Yeah. I don't know what people told you you were when you were a child or what limiting, self-limiting beliefs you accepted from those around you, but thank people and push those back, blow up those lanes yes. and realize we're all on that same footing. And so nothing was crazier for me than a, a large law firm here in Miami reached out to me and asked me to come in and speak to their women about creating confidence. And it was one of those crazy <laughs> moments where I thought, wow, I used to have lawyers on such a pedestal because they were smarter than me. They had better grades than me. They had doctorates and I don't have a doctorate. And then I reminded myself, Heather, there's no pedestals. They all struggle with the same things I do. And you know what? I'm blowing up these lanes and I'm walking into that law firm and it went fantastic. Yes. And those moments are, you know, those are the things that propel me forward. So when a professor from Harvard reached out to me, DM on LinkedIn <laughs> in response to a post that I had put out there, by the way, people keep saying, oh, great things just happened for you. I'm like, no, I do something that elicits a reaction. Boom. And that's how things like that happen. Right. So I, I stepped into video posts on LinkedIn, which you guys is so unbelievably powerful. I now my views go to 100,000 on a post where before I was getting a thousand views, really, you know, shine that light, get rid of the excuses and start putting some video of yourself on LinkedIn. You will grow your audience so quickly. And it's such a powerful platform that is not managed by the algorithm of Instagram and Facebook. That's just a good tip. Invest in a good, um, you know, cover picture of yourself and really shine your light on LinkedIn and watch how your business will accelerate. But anyway, so I got a DM on LinkedIn from a Harvard professor. And when I read the message, I read it 10 times (laughs) and it really said, would you be willing to come and be a guest teacher for my course at Harvard? Mind you, I couldn't get into Harvard when I was in college. So the first thing I did was I went to his profile. Oh, he must be a fake. This must be a scam. Self-doubt, you know, crept right in. This was a month ago. And, you know, and I've written a book about confidence and here I am. It still happens. But like, but like managing the cold, I said, okay, let's do some homework on this, Heather. I investigated the guy. He's the real deal. So I reached right back out. Hey, I'm honored that you would want to have me. We had a dialogue. We had a conference call. We went through how I could bring value. And this was really cool. He said to me, Heather, I'm a 60-year-old man. There's a lot I don't know about being a woman in the workplace. And that's what's unique about you. So he allowed me to see that for me, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe Harvard wants me. For him as a teacher, he was saying, you're going to bring a perspective that I don't have anything to bring value about. So again, it's just seeing yourself through others' eyes, really stepping into who you are and realizing, you know what? Yeah, I didn't go to Harvard, but I'm going now and I'm so excited to do it, you know, and just, you know, shine your light, show up as you, 
rock the clothes that you want because that's going to make you feel your most powerful and share your message. And the more authentic and transparent you are, the more it will resonate with others. Heather, you like, is it weird to just say I love you? (laughs) (laughs) You literally make me want to do a backflip in the middle of the road right now. Like you are so (laughs) awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for that. And before I move into the final two questions that I ask everyone on the show, um, can you tell us more about like what's going on next for you? Like you're doing so many things. Okay. Actually before that, I just need to know what has the transition felt like moving from the corporate world? Like I left the corporate world with a only being in it for a couple of years, project management, IT recruiting to be my own boss. But what did that feel like after that long of a time? And then tell us about like kind of what's going on in your world right now. It's harder, in my opinion, to leave when you're older. And and here's why. You're so used to the routine, right? Uh, gosh, I wish that, you know, I, I had got like awoken to like what you're awakening to at a younger age. So if you're listening and you're in corporate America and you think, oh, I wish I could go out and be, you know, I wish I could go on my own, start taking steps now to make that happen. Now, don't do what I did. Don't sit somewhere that you're not happy and not feeling good about secretly take, do what you have to do till you can do what you want to do, but start building that empire on the side. Now don't wait to be 40 years old. Like I did. Right. So it just makes it harder. The reason why it's harder is when you get to a very high level in corporate America, you have an assistant, full-time assistant. You have teams of people that work for you. I mean, it was so much more comfy in my old job and in my old career than I'm a one person show, right? Although I did just get an intern and it's changing my freaking life. I'm so (laughs) happy. But when you're used to being surrounded by thousands of people, you know, their, their job is to support you. And then you find yourself alone. It's hard. That part's really hard. Um, but jumping into a passion driven life where I celebrated who I was instead of being in a work driven life where I was held back from being the real me that is priceless. I am so proud of myself every day. I get such amazing feedback every day from, you know, the craziest people around the world. And I love hearing every story. It makes me so grateful to do what I do. I find myself crying all the time. That never (laughs) happened in corporate America. I cried because I hated my job, but not cried tears of joy. Living a purpose-driven life, you can't put a price tag on it. However, my ambition and goal is, you know, to make my business now so much more successful than financially how successful I had been in corporate America. I'm not there yet, but I'm so about to take off. And I'll tell you why. I never knew speakers got paid because in my old world, speakers didn't get paid. Mm -hmm. So it's been funny. I wouldn't have figured these things out if I didn't take those steps. I didn't see the steps back then, back in August of 17, when I got fired and I was saying, what do I do now? I didn't see a a step in front of me. I just saw darkness and I thought, take action, do something. And so the first thing I thought was write. So I just focused on writing because I knew I needed a book. I needed something to sell, right? You need to have a product and I had to create that product. But then when I started researching, okay, how do I make this book successful? I started hearing speaking engagements drive book sales. Well, I knew how to speak. I had been speaking in corporate America and not getting paid for it for 20 years. So I thought, well, that's, that's easy. I'll just start speaking. And wouldn't you know, now that I worked for myself and was out speaking, I got picked up by a speaker agency. I got educated on the speakers bureau business and found out that people that had less experience than me that didn't have books were getting paid $50,000 a speech for 60 minutes. Wow. It was mind-blowing. But I wouldn't have learned these things if I didn't just jump into it and immerse myself. And then I learned, okay, you need a speaker reel. And then I learned, you need a speaker kit. Yep. And then I learned, you can be with so many speaker bureaus. And then I learned, if you don't have an agent dedicated to you, you better be pitching yourself yep. because you're otherwise you're just waiting for people to come to you. So it's sales. I know sales. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I can do this. So it's figuring out the business model as you go along. And one of the other things I figured out as I've gone along that I didn't know was one product's not enough. 
I need more products all under that umbrella of confidence creation, you know, being transparent with my experiences. So then I learned about a very scalable model, which is the video courses online and that it's a multi-billion dollar business. I don't know anything about that, but I thought, okay, if I jump in, all I see is darkness. If I just jump in and immerse myself in it, I can figure it out. Am I scared? Yes. Do I know what to price the course? No. Am I going to have fails and stumbles along the way? Of course. But I know I'll do the right thing. I'll fix the problems that are out there and I'll just keep learning and going forward. And eventually that will be a new revenue stream. And then I said, okay, so why don't I create other products? And that's where my second book is, is going yeah. to, you know, I'm finishing up on my second book now. And I've learned so much about self-publishing and I hated self-publishing. Mm-hmm. So now I've learned, I'd like to get a publisher. So first you have to find an agent, you know, all these things you learn along the way. Yes. And I definitely had no idea and no contacts in this world a year ago, but I'm building them now just like I did when I got into sales and media. And I use that past track record of success now as an indication that this will start moving more rapidly. I'm going to start learning faster and advancing and finding those right people that I've been missing along the way to start connecting those dots for me. And the, I love that. And I just love your honesty about it. And I also love how you said, and then, right. You're not waiting. Like a lot of like to the woman listening to this, like, action is going to put a deposit in your confidence bucket. Inaction is going to breed fear. We have to take those little steps first to then know what the next step is. And it's like Absolutely. kind of going into the darkness, but Heather, like go father, Heather, follow Heather on Instagram and we'll obviously plug everything for like, see someone who's doing it in real time. I just think that's so inspiring. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. So moving into the final two questions, I ask every guest this, um, which I think you're going to love because you like music, but what do you do if you're feeling stuck or in a funk? Like, how do you get yourself to take action? And we have a Spotify playlist for this podcast that we like to plug a song on for each guest. So what is your pump up song to? I call it my theme song. It's Kendrick Lamar. I love myself. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you, I I really stepped into that. My son was getting bullied at school and I'm an 11 year old son. And I thought to myself, okay, how can I help him through this right now? And the first thing I did was I started, he, he never had a gratitude practice. So at night now I stand in his room with a notebook and we write down three things he's grateful for, for that day. And then right when he's going to bed, I said, and who do you love? And he always says, I love you, mom. I love so many people. I said, I know, but who's that really special one that you love? He says, I love myself. And so as he started doing that, I could see over that first week, he started getting better. So then I thought, you know what? We need to marry music to this because music is really powerful for some people. And it is for me. It is for him. So I started playing on the way to school in the morning, Kendrick Lamar. I love myself. And he would start saying, oh, mom, I love Kendrick Lamar. And then. Oh, I didn't ever listen to the words to that before. I'm like, let's sing it. I love myself. And all of a sudden I could see him a little bit happier, a little pep in his step. And then I would say, what are you looking forward to today? And then he would tell me. And all of these things and these steps really allow us to know we are good enough. We, you know, we are really so much more than what we had been seeing. And when we start to see it, the rest of the world sees it too. Such a good answer. Oh, I love that. Okay. And then the last question is really just, you know, to the woman who feels stuck in any aspect of her life, whether that's relationship, business, career growth, whatever. Um, what last piece of advice would you want to give to the 20 or 30 something year old listening to this to like get out of her own damn way and take some action? Oh my gosh, listen to me that for 10 years I sat in an unhappy, toxic environment and didn't live to my potential. I'm not going to let you do that. No way. Don't take that cop out that you can't do more. You can come home at night and you can update your LinkedIn profile. You can come home and start sending DMs to people that you want to mentor you. We were talking earlier. I reached out to Gary B a hundred times before he ever responded to me. Don't give up. Take action. And if you feel stuck, 
Get up and do the laundry. Get up and do the dishes. That's what I do. I feel stuck sometimes writing or trying to create the video course because I'm afraid. And you know what I do? I stand up and I start cleaning in my house because then I feel proud of me. And I, and I feel, oh my gosh, I just made my house look better. I got rid of a task I didn't want to do. Yeah, I hate the laundry and it's gone. I got it done. <laughs> you know, those little tiny things. And then I start saying, and you know what? I think I can sit down right now and start writing. Or if you don't, I love working out and spin for me. It's like a big party on a bike. I go there. I soak up that energy from all those people. But make sure you go to the right class with that, you know, positive energy that resonates with you. And when you leave there, you feel like you can tackle anything. And then I come home and I go, you know, straight for whatever that big project is I'm fearful to attack. You know, but put yourself in that mindset, get yourself excited. And if you can't start with those small tasks first, because you can knock out the laundry, the dishes or whatever else. And that gives you momentum and an object with momentum stays moving. So get yourself moving. Oh, so good. Thank you so, so much. And obviously everybody is going to be as obsessed with you as I am. So where do we find you? How do we connect with you? How can we work with you? Fill us in. Okay, so my website is heathermonahan.com. My book is Confidence Creator. It's on Amazon. I have an Audible version, Kindle, paperback, and hardback. I'm launching my new video course, which is Confidence Creator 101. And I'm so excited about it. That'll be out next week. You can find that on my social media. I'm at Heather Monahan on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm everywhere. And would lo- I always answer my DMs, maybe not the same day, but I always try to get back to everyone. I would love to hear from you. And I appreciate you having me on. Heather, thank you so, so much. I so admire you as a 29-year-old trying to figure it all out, looking at your career path and how you show up. I just appreciate what you're doing for so many women everywhere. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show and sharing with us today. Well, I'm so grateful for you and women supporting other women. There is nothing better. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you share with your girlfriends or better yet, post it on Instagram stories and tag me. Then I can personally say thank you for helping me get this message out there. And if you didn't vibe with it, just keep that to yourself. I'm kind of new here. Still trying to figure it all out. Talk to you soon, girl.